Thank you for listening to You've Got a Lot of Nerd podcast presented by the Hill Country Tech Guys. All right, um, Kendall, thank you for joining us today. Uh, you're one, uh, I guess your first week at Hill Country Tech Guys is this week, right? Yes. So tell us about the process. What brought you, what brought you to, to uh, Hill Country Tech Guys? Um, well, I originally interviewed for the customer's uh, service support position, mm. or service yeah. support manager position, I'm sorry. Um, and then Nat- Natalie called me back and offered me the project manager position. Huh? Yeah, that worked out. Um, but I was an assistant project manager, um, among a few other things, um, for a sound production company before this. Um, and I was looking for position within a company that um, would have more growth opportunities and things mm-hmm. like that. You said a sound production company? Sound production company. Sound production. Oh, so obviously we are on the we same level as those help. guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do like live sound for yeah, like oh yeah, venues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, well, no, that's cool. Yeah. We, we could use your help. Uh, <laughs> if, if you've I'm got not any. an expert. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. Yeah. We are literally figuring this thing out as we go. Okay. Like, Trying different mics out, trying different stands out. Yeah. Uh, when the first, the first podcasting little kit that I bought uh, was like a Movo or something like that, and it was stands mm. that we screwed into, and then had the mic right here, and you know it was a it was a start. And for me, anytime I do something, I generally don't plan too much. Because then I'll get bogged down in the planning, right. and then things never get moved forward. So, had the idea, it's like we're gonna make it happen. I don't know enough to make good decisions, so I'm just <laughs> gonna make one, and I, it did okay. And the the I mean, it's technically it's still the same mics, yeah. But uh, we bought that mic and stand for Travis, and it seemed to be optimal. Or right, at least, arm. yeah, at least better than what we were using before. Um, and now we got we got these, and then Wick gave us that camera, and we were using my iPhone 12, and now we've got a GoPro. <laughs> uh, so slowly over time. Yeah, slowly over time. Yeah, try not to break the the budget each <laughs> month, and just kind of squeezing little things in. Yeah. So I guess uh, tell us about uh, the, the the previous company and and uh, what you did there. Um. So I pretty much kind of did the same things. I worked with uh, closely with the vendors, and then I had to um, slowly also learn like sound production equipment because I had no idea what any of that was. Um. And they also had like their own sound engineers. So it's kind of like some like I'm having to now learn like a totally different yeah area. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I first, when I first started, I actually worked really, really, I kind of did what Natalie did here um, mm-hmm. with Wit, and I worked really, really close with one of the owners, and um, he uh, is a person that has everything in his head, mm. and whenever she mentioned that, I was like, oh my God, I, I did the same exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the beginning of it was really just like organizing and helping create processes, and then like the projects within and then just okay. managing those um and those projects could involve um helping create a uh system for their touring department so um they were kind of slowly building that when i left mm-hmm. um but they w- worked with bands like some 41 and 
Really? Like yeah. Yeah, I saw, cool some 40, uh, saw some 41 in like 2003 or 2004 at BuzzFest in Houston. Mm-hmm. And those guys throw a show. And I was surprised they were on the sideshow or the, the uh, not the sideshow, the, the uh, side stage. Side stage. Yeah. And, man, they they got after it. Uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. So well they're still had years touring? Practice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They, I think they, I'm pretty sure they just came out with a new album. Huh. Not too long ago. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's why they're touring again. I was just griping to my wife how, like, there's no new, like, rock music. Apparently, I'm just not, I'm not looking. Well, I mean, if you go to Austin, you'll find plenty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'll find plenty of bands that aren't really big yet that are creating really good rock music right now, so. Very cool. So, are you a, like, audiophile or, like, a music person? Um, Like, do I like it or do or I, I mean like <laughs> most people like it but like yeah. did you get into sound production or start working for that company because you're like i fucking love going to concerts and things like that yeah well i my so my um fiance is actually a luthier um he's a, what? He's a luthier um a luthier is someone that um creates uh they build string instruments from scratch huh uh-huh and so he worked for callings for like six years callings guitars is like a really huge company um, and then now he works for a company called Ellis Mandolins. Um, but the reason why I'm saying that is because, uh, when I was kind of looking for like a position, like somewhere that would be cool, but mm-hmm. also somewhere that I could like build my skill set, um, I saw that and I was like, oh, like we'll be like the greatest pair. <laughs> you'll, yeah. you'll be a luthier and then I'll be like this big person in the sound production company. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't really something I was like, s- like I wasn't searching for that specifically Mm -hmm. um but when i came across it i was like wow like i would love to do that okay yeah Yeah. cool so how long were you at the the, uh, previous company i was there for a year gotcha Mm -hmm. uh so prior or i guess what is your background in in general um my background is pretty much everywhere to be honest um so like in the interview when i was with natalie um she asked me like or uh, natalie and harrison asked me like what my very very first job was um and my very first job was i actually worked on a chicken farm and i butchered chickens Interesting. <laughs> i have a little bit of experience with it it's yeah not a lot of fun um i i mean i was like hey like if i if the world ends and i need to like forage for food and there's a chicken like i'll be fine <laughs> 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 or if you chickens. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of turned into whenever I, so I'm an army brat, but my dad is from Austin. Oh, okay. Um, so I grew up like back going back and forth. Um, my mom's from Alabama. So, um, I went to school in Alabama. We were based there cause she wanted to be close to their, fa- our, her family. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, whenever I was growing up and coming to Austin a lot, um, I was like, man, I, like as soon as I turned 18, I want to move to Austin. So when uh, I okay, moved cool. to Austin, um, I worked in the coffee world for a long time. I actually worked for Starbucks for like three to four years. Um, What's it like working at Starbucks? It's okay. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah, just okay. It's okay. all right. Yeah, I mean, it's a big, huge corporate company, mm-hmm. so you're a number. <laughs> yeah, and what's uh, so with Starbucks, they're starting to form unions at lots of mm, uh, yeah, lots I of mean, stores. I honestly am not in that world anymore, so I really mm-hmm. don't know. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. That was like a long time ago. Um, gotcha. But so what is your definition of a long time ago? Uh, that was like 2012. Okay. Uh, it was like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm like, I don't 
really keep up with it anymore because I was like, all right, well, I'm, done. Yeah, I'm yeah, done yeah. with this. Oh, I, you're not committed to it. It's yeah, just, you know, yeah. I'm here to have a job, make money. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And I went to school for a little bit at ACC and I was uh, originally wanting to get into interior design. Um, okay. And I still love, love, love interior design. Um, but it became a lot because yeah. I uh, was paying out of pocket and I was making seven twenty five an hour. So Oh. Yeah. yeah. So I paid for like, I did like a full semester and then I stopped for a little bit and mm. then kind of never went back <laughs> so what made you and you don't have to answer if you don't want to but as for like i guess what made you not want to take take out a loan for for school or um, do like a pell grant or something along those lines i grew up with a lot of different adults around me that struggled with um student loans mm. and it really scared me a lot fair enough um and so I was like, man, like I'd rather, and there's so many people that you meet, like they're still like paying off student yeah. loans. Like they're in their 30s, like late 30s, late 40s, uh, mm-hmm. still paying off student loans. I just finished paying mine off. It's only been 13 years or something like that. Yeah. See, that's too long for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, that stress, I'm like such a person that like overthinks everything. And I feel mm. like that stress would just be a lot, but. Good for a project manager position though. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, definitely, um, I, like, my circadian rhythm is, like, I get up multiple times in the night. Like, I don't really sleep, like, very solid all the time hmm. um, because of that reason. But anyways, I feel like I kind of got off track. No, no, that's fine. I mean, so when you say you get up, do you, like, get up and walk around, do stuff, and then go back to bed? or Sometimes, okay. yeah. Like, I'll get up and just, like, I'll, like, get up and, like, oh, there's some laundry. I'll just fold some laundry real quick or... I'll stay in bed. Like, it really just yeah. depends. Um, sometimes I'll just go get a drink of water and then, like, lay in bed for a little bit. So, hmm. um, but, yeah, like, my sleep schedule is not the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then after that, um, I continuously um, – I became a manager at Starbucks, um, and then I got into general management, and then I moved into a couple of different uh, – coffee shops along the way and just manage coffee shops oh okay and then i managed a, uh, a gluten-free bakery i were in, in austin yes they're closed now damn yeah but i i think so um the bakery is called blackbird bakery mm-hmm. um and i think yeah the owner's name was karen morgan and she um actually created her own um flour for like different types of flour really? For, like, certain um, baking items, right? Like, bread or, like, a cake or whatever. Um, and I think she was partnering up with H-E-B for a bit. No um, way. She had to close down the bakery, but yeah. I think that she is possibly still, like, distributing her. So you said Blackbird? Blackbird Bakery was, Blackbird was bakery. the name. And I wonder, like, if she's selling her, her flour. Yeah, I think, because I think her goal was, like, what I heard last was that she, um, Closing down the bakery, but she was going to have a warehouse, mm-hmm. and then she was going to distribute out of the warehouse all of her flour okay. that she, like, created. She, she, I can't remember how many years, but I feel like she said it was, like, something like eight years or something. It took her to, like – Yeah. Because she's, like, celiac, so oh, she was like, wow. oh, I love baked goods, and I can't have them. And I think that was kind of – that was way before people started, like, really coming out with, like, gluten-free stuff. Yeah. Um, and so she um, decided to, like – trying to do her own stuff and um did pretty well as it, far as i know yeah it sounds like it i started gluten-free 13 years ago or so maybe 14 mm, at this point okay and 
when I first started, there was nothing. Yeah. Uh, the As far as noodles go, I didn't eat noodles for like three years. Because mm. the only noodles that they had were those little bitty thin rice noodles. Like now they've even got all different types of rice noodles. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, like the uh, not faux, or uh, th- th- that might be it, but those faux noodles, like the thicker, wider rice noodles. Yeah. Uh, like there was nothing like that back then. It was just teeny tiny thin things. Yeah. So the first time I had gluten-free noodles from h-e-b uh it was like dessert it was amazing <laughs> so, oh my god like all my endorphins were lighting up uh, it, was, awesome. it, it was good and now uh, what has it been like i said 13 or 14 years like there's all different kinds of stuff yeah um but you can't beat a, a bakery and like a fresh donut or cupcake mm. or w- whatever it is yeah uh, and as far as flour goes we use cup for cup Oh, okay. Uh, that has really made a big difference because prior to Cup or Cup, gluten-free baked goods were kind of like what you think of gluten-free, like grainy and yeah. not great. They just didn't like, better like blend very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's better than nothing. But now the Cup or Cup has, has made a, a big difference. And like even – so my son is also – I guess gluten intolerant. He might be celiac because he, he gets – way more issues than me and like that little he, he also sometimes he eats things and he knowingly does it and he'll do it like three days in a row at school because they trade food even though they're not supposed to we recently told him that you can't trade food because it's against the law <laughs> and technically <laughs> it is uh. but because uh, we only found that out from my mom who's a teacher and she's like just tell him it's against the law like, okay Sounds good because like he'll come home, like goes to school fine, come home and like he'll have bags under his eyes <gasps> and oh. he'll be he'll look like he's hung over like he was on a bender mm. the night before and just hung over and he's just like sloths around and you can tell that he feels awful. Yeah. And the last time he did it, he ended up having a bunch of gastrointestinal issues. Mm. He and he didn't have a fever or anything, so it wasn't sick like with a virus or bacteria infection it was because he had continually been eating brownies and cookies and things Mm. that kids have been giving him um so he like he threw up he like i said had other gastrointestinal issues and the next morning we're like you're going to school i don't care how bad you feel like this is this is your fault this is your fault (laughs) i mean he's nine but like still yeah i mean he's been doing it for for two years. Yeah, and you guys have been telling him, like, don't do it over and over? Or? Yeah, I mean, we tell him, like, think about what happens when you eat gluten. Like, oh, I'll throw up. I poop a lot. <laughs> I get into arguments. And, like, I feel bad. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Like, like, all these things. And, like, he did. He shit his pants one time, like, at school. Oh, like, gosh. Like, Evan, I feel you. Like, I haven't eaten any real gluten stuff. In 13 or 14 years. So I'd feel your pain. I'm here with you. Mm. But I stop making these decisions because yeah. you know for a fact you're going to have something that comes up from it. Mm. But uh, anyway, the joys of, of, of having children. <laughs> um, that'll happen at some point, but I'm not sure when. Yeah. I actually just got engaged on the October 29th. So. Oh, well, uh, so congratulations. Great. Yeah, Thank you. Congratulations. Thank New you. job. New I know. Engagement. Yeah, I like I didn't even, like, when it happened, he was like, I wasn't even planning it for this time. 
just kind of happened like that. And I was like, right before Halloween, were you like planning on that? Or like, <laughs> and he was like, no, he was like, um, so we both rode ride motorcycles and really, mm-hmm. and, um, we have this route that we like to take on Fitzhugh road. Um, I don't know if you know where that is. Um, uh, which road? Fitzhugh. It's like mm-hmm. 290. And then, um, you take Fitzhugh. It's um Jester King Brewery off of it. Oh, is that getting up into Tripping Springs? Tripping Spr- yeah, 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 Tripping Springs. Mm-hmm. So I live in Austin, so mm-hmm. um, I have like a bunch of different areas I can go to. I'm not like down in San Marcos, but um, we have a ride that we like to go on. And um, he was like, I was waiting for you to mention like you wanted to go on this ride again because we hadn't been in a while. And he said he was waiting for like three months. And I was like, oh, that's a long time. So I mentioned it and then. We drove to our spot, which is like right in front of Pedernales Falls, mm-hmm. and he got down with me. He was like, Very "I literally." Cool. <laughs> my response was, "What? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is happening?" So uh, is it out of the blue? Out of the blue, yeah. I had no clue. Y- y- uh, what's f- that's interesting. Yes, yeah, I guess everybody does it differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I have been dating two years or three years, something along those lines. I think I was twenty-four, twenty-five. And she's like, hey, let's go ring shopping. And I was like, okay, that means you want to go look at rings. Because we had talked about, like, maybe taking things to the next step. Mm-hmm. Like, All right, well, let's go. We walk into the first store, and she's like, I want that one. Like, Wait, what? I thought we were looking. She's like, no, I want that one. She I'm had like, been looking. <laughs> yes. She was God, looking before you guys went. Like, yeah. She shut up and was like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know yeah she was. Store. I'm going to K or whatever it <laughs> yeah. is. and. She was searching. She was searching. Definitely. That's funny. I uh-huh. thought I've, I've talked to dozens of people about mm-hmm. that before, and like you're the first person. Like, nope. She's been mm-hmm. you know, from a woman's perspective. I guess you'd know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. So I made her leave the building. I don't know why. And then I bought it because she knew that I bought it. Yeah. She's but not uh, <laughs> she expected for me to to propose to her basically immediately. Oh. Um. But she didn't tell me that. So I held on to it. Yeah. And I wasn't going to propose until I got to talk to her dad since she's the only girl in the family. Like, want to make sure that I do this right. Right. And so we bought it in August or maybe a September, October, November. Anyway, I had it for three months. And I knew it. And she knew it. Mm-hmm. And she kept waiting. And uh, like you listen to her explain it. She's like, she so we're showing up to all these different places because like we're constantly on the go we're even to this day like we're doing something every weekend always busy always doing something so she kept like oh we're going to this thing so this is probably where he's going to propose me or we're going to that thing mm-hmm. and this is where it's going to be and eventually she's like started to give up a little bit and then like we would get into heated discussions about it I'm like not yet not yet and i wouldn't tell her why um, because I want, like, I'm trying to have some surprise. Yeah, it's supposed to be romantic. At least. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, so we get to Thanksgiving. Uh, I guess she goes somewhere with my family. And I, I, she has to see this coming. But anyway, I finally get to ask her parents or her dad and her mom and made it happen. But three months in the opposite direction where there was – like she was chomping at the bit and ready to go, and I was like, "Hold her horses!" Right? <laughs> Your fiance is like, "I'm ready to go. Let's like, let's go on a ride." Yeah, yeah. So, what kind of motorcycles do y'all ride? I ride a Royal Enfield Continental GT. 
and then um, he rides a Triumph Scrambler. Okay, a Triumph. Those are neither of those motorcycles sound like the. Uh, I don't know much about motorcycles. You're totally fine. Yeah, yeah. So like not like like the ninjas that I think of. Oh yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, um, so they're the the more you sit on it like this type of. No, they're like cafe racers. So. Mm. Um, like the position is more like you're leaned, like the typical position would be like more like you're leaned forward. Oh, okay. Um, but they're called like cafe racers because they're like bikes that typically back in the day, like people would hop from like cafes or like to bars with. Um, but, uh, yeah, so his is a Triumph and Triumph is a, a British made bike. Mm. And then mine's Royal Enfield, which used to be, it's British designed. I was going to say it sounds British. Um, and Royal Enfield is like originally a gun company. Hmm. Yeah. And then they started making motorcycles. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was British made as well, but now it's Indian made. It's made in India now. That sounds about right. Yeah. So, um, never mind. That wouldn't have been Indian or British rule over India. <laughs> it's too far. Yeah. Anyway. I would not know anyways. <laughs> <laughs> My history in that area would uh, not be very good. So I guess what got you into motorcycles? Um, so I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie. Um, I've always, always wanted to get a motorcycle. I've always, I've been like starry eyed over any anybody I see that has a motorcycle. I'm like, hey, really? I'm so lucky. Yeah. Um, I uh, dated this guy that rode a motorcycle for like four years, um, and I would ride on the back of his motorcycle, and he had a, a Yamaha. Um, and I was like, man, like I'm gonna get my own. I'm gonna do it. And mm-hmm. For a long time, I, I did it, and I was like, ah, oh, like, a, you know, it is kind of, it can be an arm and a leg sometimes, um, uh, literally cost-wise. Oh, well, yeah, literally, yeah. too, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, you know, you just have to kind of, like, set it aside and, like, really go for it, and um, when I started dating my fiancé, um, we've been together for th- a little over three years, mm-hmm. um, and so when I started dating him, I was like, yeah, and he rides a motorcycle, and so I was like, man, yeah, I want to get one. And he was like, let's shop. Let's do it. Let's let's go look. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and, and that's so, why you married him. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he uh, – him, his dad's a motorcycle rider too, and so his dad was also – like they both got super excited and were like, oh, yeah, we'll look, and we'll just keep sending you motorcycles. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. And so um, I think I looked for like – only like a month and a half and um the royal enfield actually so his his uh parents and his sister they all live in oklahoma and his dad found one in oklahoma he found the royal enfield in oklahoma and um it was being sold by a guy who um his wife just got pregnant and she was like get rid of it and so yes um what's hilarious is usually like when you get motorcycles like that it's like because of someone else's like you know misfortune like they have to like get rid of it or mm-hmm. like, you know um but you know it works out for you quite well because it's a motorcycle that someone's not selling because it has issues they're selling it because right. they have to yeah um but yeah so he found it and um he was super kind i sent the sent the guy the money and um his dad like went and picked it up and like drove it down like in a trailer for me and it was i was like wow like okay Dang. and i i hadn't been dating austin for very long i was dating him for like I think like six months or something mm-hmm. whenever that happened and I was like all right okay cool like 
him, me and you know him and his, me and his dad we got the connection all right right um but yeah then um when it came down i'm i'm five one and so like you like i can't flat foot it which means i can't put both my feet down when i'm like waiting at a stoplight it's just my the, the front pads of my feet which it's pretty stable uh, okay um and um i mean motorcycles are like really stable when they're like upright mm-hmm. obviously um it's harder to motorcycles are hard to manage whenever you're actually going slower mm-hmm. so when you're going faster i mean like gravity yeah 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 it makes sense yeah but yeah so um austin actually uh hooked me up with a mechanic and um we got the shocks cut and re-welded on so we you know the shocks became made them a little bit shorter so it brought down the oh yeah okay. so the height went down some and then we um also uh took the seat off and shaved it down and then um there was a company um a guy that uh remade the whole entire seat cover like asked me like what color stitching i wanted and everything and so really really neat stuff but um anyways yeah kind of customized it and now it fits perfectly so that's awesome i love it yeah yeah yeah. i oh not almost i was probably a few thousand dollars away (laughs) but my my roommate and i this is back in like 2005 or 2006. We're like, let's buy a uh, motorcycle. I was like, hell yeah, we're gonna buy motorcycles. <laughs> so we started saving up, and this is right when we started saving up. Uh, and he worked at Lowe's, and one of his buddies got killed in a subway parking lot waiting to go out. Like he was just sitting there, and someone wasn't paying attention. They probably 2005, 2006. That was before the iPhone. So they might have still been trying to read a text message or something on their little Nokia. Blackberry. Yeah. Yeah. And hit him. He died. Jeez. So that was it. No more money. Uh, yeah. Persuaded me to. Uh, Not do that. Yeah. Spend my money elsewhere. That's Probably typically how it happens. Yeah. I feel like is like somebody will be like super excited and then like someone they know or like a story will happen. And mm. then they're like, you know, I'm just not going to do that. Um I mean, motorcycles are extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like Especially in Texas or yes. in America. Well, yeah, in America. Um, I I think that if, like, if there's, like, a city or somewhere that you live that people don't have, there's not, like, a lot of motorcycles, people aren't really, aren't really trained to, like, Mm-mm. look for them. And people in general aren't trained to look for motorcycles. They're trained to look for cars, right? So, um every single time you get into a wreck, it's, you know, like, I don't know the, the statistics, but. I would say like 90% of the time, it's definitely the car. They're not paying attention. It's not the Mm. motorcyclist. But you do see motorcyclists that are like outrageously just like weaving in a traffic. Yeah. Those people, I would say, are a little cray-cray. Or or you hear about a motorcycle person driving like 180 down an empty highway and then an 18-wheeler pops out and they go, boop, and off goes the head type of deal. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I would say that riding a motorcycle has definitely taught me, um, like you, you are taught when you are driving a car or learning how to drive a car, um, to pay attention to your surroundings, of Mm -hmm. course. Right. Um, I, I mean, my, the way I pay attention to my surroundings is way more extreme now. Like it's a higher level. Like I, now I can tell if a car, it's like. It's like I'm. I'm also like a detail-oriented person, so I'm always like looking. I was about at to say if if you're uh, constantly overthinking things. Yes. Driving a motorcycle, you're, you're probably going to be one of the better motorcycle. Yeah. 
<laughs> motorcyclists in general. I try, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, uh, I would say I try. I'm just saying I, I try not to die. I try to. Yes, <laughs> that's good. Um, try not to get into any sort of wreck. Um, and yeah, I feel like now I can just like really, I can just look at a car like in front of me or beside me, and I can tell what they're gonna do before they do it. Like I can tell if before they put their blinker on, I, I can tell they're gonna go mm. left or they're gonna go right. Just way they're maneuvering mm-hmm. i feel like people kind of do that and they don't know they do that like you're turning around to look to the right side you do kind of tug your car to the right a little bit so typically N- yeah happens. not little not subtle things that i pay attention to but I, yeah I, I also imagine that being on a motorcycle th- there probably is freedom and you f- get to feel the wind on you and mm, yeah like of course you're, yeah you're in nature that's why people ride yeah yeah. i mean that's not the only reason but i mean um talk to like any motorcyclist uh, most of them are going to say it's like um a mental health thing like they have to do it because it's just like keeps it's like something they do that like really helps with like mental health and like Mm. you can just go out and just kind of go out on the open road and you don't have to think about anything you just kind of enjoy yourself look at the scenery um and like for me personally, it's not about like going super fast. It's just about like enjoying myself, and leave like I can kind of like sh- you know like go really low, like do a low turn on like a like country road. Really yeah, like I'm not down. like trying to like put my elbow on the ground or my uh-huh. knee on the ground or anything like that, which is what they do in like motorcycle racing. But mm. um, I don't know if you ever have you ever seen anything MotoGP or anything. I've seen some videos, and then I saw a GIF. Of, I think it was a guy riding a motorcycle or, or, or a rather racing one. He went around the bend mm-hmm. and like the motorcycle started to shift and he lost control and it kicked him out and he ended up running. Oh my gosh. And he was fine. <laughs> it was wild. That is wild. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, so motorcycles are cool. I like them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's definitely like a big part of our lives, uh, me and Austin's life. So, yeah, I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie too. I just get it through rugby as opposed to motorcycles. Yeah. And I, not that I would choose to ride a motorcycle, which, you know, everybody can do their own thing, whatever floats your boat. Of course. But my wife, if I was like one day, I got a, 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 a wild hair. She works at a rehab hospital, so she gets motorcycle mm. and horse riders on a, a pretty regular basis. Dang. Yeah, um, she would be very upset at you, I, s- yes, I assume. Yes, yeah. two <laughs> children. You're out of the house. Yeah, you can't do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like that's how it's going to be Like when we have kids. It'll be like, all right, we got to get rid of them. Like, they can't be around anymore. Um, I mean, Austin's dad, like, didn't ha- he didn't have a motorcycle for a long, long time and has only – he's in his late 60s and got one, like, a few years ago again. Oh, now the kids are yeah. out of the house. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, so um, Austin is actually originally from Delaware. Um, I know. So when I met him and he's like, yeah, I'm from Delaware. And I'm like, oh, haha. Like, And he's like, no, I'm seriously from Delaware. And I'm like, who's from Delaware? <laughs> like, Six people? No, <laughs> yeah, no one is from Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> like, aren't there I, – I assume there's only businesses there for taxes. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's people don't live there. Um, but, yeah, so they his mom and dad lived up there for a while, like, after um, him and his sister got out of the house. And then his sister 
he has an older sister and mm-hmm. she got married um to a guy from oklahoma and they moved to oklahoma and um that's when he got a motorcycle is whenever um they both like his mom and his dad moved down a motorcycle i'm sorry not motorcycle <laughs> oklahoma um that's when they bought a motorcycle because it's you know the weather is way better you, you know it's not delaware it's not like it's snowing and cold and raining all the just time just tornadoes to tear through cities yeah yeah i mean i mean in the south we have like way like hurricanes, hurricanes yeah yeah so i got to experience a hurricane in florida oh well, i, I know okay it was technically a tropical storm at that point i thought it was like a, it was like hurricane nicole i thought or yeah, something yeah. Like, yeah yeah so i think when it hit the coast it was a hurricane and then dropped into a storm by the time it got to where we were at mm. but man ho- t- the resort was so big and the walls were thick and the glass was thick i slept through the entire thing oh man i had no idea <laughs> i mean like i knew that it was coming uh-huh. but didn't hear it didn't look out the window uh, otherwise i would have probably seen those like 60 or 70 mile an hour winds and it was supposed to be raining a bunch but uh, i guess w- with florida they create all of those buildings to withstand probably category four category five hurricanes yeah you kind of have to so category one or even a tropical storm yeah didn't it didn't even flinch was it the only hurricane you ever experienced no i have experienced one that came up to san marcus i guess it was harvey it was a category one for like four hours or something like that Four to six, or it might have been eight hours in San Marcos. But it, when it hit Houston, I guess it hit as a five mm-hmm. or something along those lines because Brian was living in Corpus. And they were going to stay, and I think, a day before it went from Category 1 or 2 to Category 5. And they're like, oh, shit, we got to go. You got to go, yeah. And they luckily they left because apparently, I guess the house didn't get flooded from the outside, but – the wind and the storm messed up the roof and water got in through the roof and flooded that. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm getting that wrong. So the wind blew down the, not the water tank, the where they store water in, in smaller towns. Like a water tower? A water tower, thank water you. Tower, yeah. So it blew it down and the water ended up flooding that entire area because there's a seawall when the water went to exit, it didn't. It just came back into mm. the home. So Dang. anyway, insurance screwed things up for him. Or, or FEMA ended up not paying as much because it wasn't the hurricane technically that did it. It was the water tower. He'll uh, have to explain it to God. you. Yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember Hurricane Katrina. I don't know if you guys remember that mm-hmm. that one. Um, I was living in Alabama, so oh, pretty close to all of that. Yeah. What part um, of Alabama? When that happened, I was, I think, I think I was living in um, Montgomery, Montgomery or Huntsville. Okay. I don't remember. I used actually. to live in Enterprise. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah, I've lived in like Tumka, Birmingham, Montgomery, Huntsville. Huntsville's went to where I went to high school. Oh, okay, yeah. all over. There yeah. you go. Um, my mom is crazy, um, <laughs> and she knows it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so whenever that, whenever Hurricane Katrina came through, um, me and my family actually went to Mississippi, and um, we stayed. Like there was like a church that was like where a lot of people, because a lot of people's homes were nobody could, all their homes were just destroyed. 
mm. and there was like a foot of water. And that's in Alabama. This is oh, in Mississippi. Oh, okay. Um, so we like there was people in Alabama that were affected. We were not. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went and decided to go help, and we. Oh, went. okay, gotcha. Yeah, so we went to go help, um, hand out food and like deliver, um, food and like um like health supplies and um, like hygienics and stuff to some of the people that were um super unfortunate in mississippi because mm-hmm. um, mississippi got hit the hardest um during that i believe I you for, well i guess except for new orleans but oh yeah new orleans else, yeah. yeah so new orleans was really bad but everybody forgets yeah about mississippi. yeah because mississippi got screwed over pretty bad too yeah um i i mean i was a child so i don't i was like a teenager i don't remember specifically why we decided to go there instead of maybe to new orleans but um well because new orleans was a hellhole yeah like people were getting killed and raped and it was a really bad place and i guess you were in uh, high school at that time or i think i was i'm (laughs) my timeline is so messed up but i feel like i was in middle school going into high school um so maybe like eighth grade or something okay um but yeah so um Whenever that came through and we went and helped them. And um, that was just, that's like a memory that's definitely like stamped into my head. Yeah, is yeah that for sure. And I would not bring my, like if I went to go volunteer, like I would not bring my daughter or my kids into like the worst part and bring it to like, where can these people, uh, well, be? Yeah. <laughs> like where can we actually help without getting murdered? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's totally understandable. Yeah. Um, but it's cool that, I mean, yeah. that you, you got the help. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I've, I've I've experienced like other hurricanes, but definitely mm-hmm. not like that. Like not, um, I've been really fortunate where um, I haven't had like my home destroyed or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my wife is from Galveston, and all of her family is there. So mm-hmm. all four of her grandparents were born in Mexico. They all immigrated to the U.S. and they all ended up in Galveston. So like her entire family is there. And when Ike came through. I remember I was at the bar with my friends, and she called me, and she was very concerned. So we weren't married yet. We were still dating because <coughs> this was, I don't know, 06, 07, something along those lines. Mm. And she was very concerned. Like, everything's going to be okay. And like, everything was not okay. Um, and so both of her grandparents ended up not losing their home, but it got flooded enough where I think it came in through most of the house like the water had filled up the house so they had to rip all the wall like I guess rip everything down to their studs mm. um, one of her grandparents got they got I guess FEMA came through and th- like this is where FEMA really helped out uh, they came through put the the home up on to stilts whatever you want to call it yeah uh and now she's got a little elevator too that you can ride up and down it's oh, fun that's cool uh but the other yeah, then the other grandma had her house basically ripped out to studs and then rebuilt as well um lots of people what, what was crazy and i still remember even years after we would drive down uh the the highway to galveston and there would be really big boats just on the side of the road uh, and as you got into Galveston, just boats all over the place where they should not be. Yeah. Um, huh. Yeah. And Travis heard me talk about this probably like 10 times. But <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Galveston, prior to Hurricane Ike, 
was kind of dingy and dirty, dusty. Like it's it was okay to it was visit. Galveston. Yeah, it was Galveston. Now yeah. after the hurricane, like a, a thing a billion dollars got in, in into the city, and I mean it's been renewed, and it's 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 actually really nice now. Cool. I so haven't been in so long. Worth so. visiting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good to know. Yeah, because they, they got lots of bars and restaurants. I mean, they they always had some bars and restaurants, but mm-hmm. now it's just it's just nicer okay. in general because everything's everything's, everything's been washed, been rebuilt, and washed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's not dirty nice anymore. It's all washed. washed. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah. Uh, so, project management. What does a project manager do at Hill Country Tech? I know it's your first week. I so know. I'm still trying to uh, understand everything. Um, I feel like um, I, I mean, obviously managing projects, it's in the name, but <laughs> um, the projects involve um, like services, like going to install um, like security things and like, I don't, <laughs> I feel yeah, like, like uh, yeah, yeah, so like um, cabling, yeah, networking cabling, gear. Yeah, I know more. I just like my, I cannot like. I Look, I, get, <laughs> I started October 23rd of. 2021 oh okay uh, okay so you only and i i still go home with a headache with just yeah. overloaded with with new new stuff so yeah uh, like yesterday i went home and i was just fucking beat and so and for me it's not even uh, like the tech i'm getting a much better grasp of and it just takes a while mm-hmm. uh, but now it's the marketing part and it's the outbound call campaigns like right when i thought we were gaining traction turns out that we're not mm. and I was like all right let me rethink this again and like yeah. g- r- like go over each detail listen to all these calls make sure everybody's doing everything like they should be and yeah and it was a little defeating but that's that's, that's part of it and the reason i took this job is because my last one like i knew everything about it like the ins and outs I really focused on the people, so I knew all the or most all of the the, the individuals on the on, I guess on the business unit that I ran. Uh, re- really focused in on their goals and ambitions, and got things moving that way. Uh, the clients basically knew the ins and outs of. I wasn't. I had people who, or there were people on my team who knew all of the ins and outs of like each contract. Uh, but I had a general overview and I knew how exactly how the company worked. And I was like, I'm stagnant. I'm stuck. I had to get out. I want to do something hard. Yeah. And came here and it's, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, and it still is a year later, which is good. Yeah. Like if I was bored, I'd, yeah. I'd probably be, n- now that I've took the plunge of finding a new job, cause I was there for 15 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and I'd been bored for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, over there but like uh, it was right around COVID uh, that's when I really started thinking like I should find a new job I built a resume then COVID hit and things got exciting again Um, but now like there's I don't see this job ever getting boring yeah like there's a lot of there's a well there's just so much growth Mm -hmm. opportunity and at a at an inbound call center for doing tier one call work all that's going to be taken over by AI. And yeah. it's a matter of like 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it is. I, I don't want to be 
55 years old and have 20 or 30 years of experience in call centers and people be like, no, yeah, we don't want you. Yeah. I want to have skills that are actually applicable. And it, Hill Country Tech Guys does a really good job of challenging you in a, in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And they, I'm trying to f- figure out the best way to say it, but they don't, they don't leave you hanging. They, they support you, but they let you figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all kind of figuring it out. It's kind of like this, like this whole setup. Yeah, like we're just we're just working, trying different things out. Yeah. So far, so good. I we're mean, just winging it, winging it. Good. It looks very good. <laughs> I think it looks great, to be honest. Yeah, thank you. I saw the whole setup and I was like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> okay, this is. I didn't. This is not what I thought it would be. It looks great. It looks good. Yeah, right. For an IT company, and the <laughs> thing is, yeah, for the the thing is for like on YouTube, if you go and you search what is managed it on youtube the top video is like seven fucking years old the next one's three years the next one the one up the third one's two years then one year and none of them have a ton of views there's no real content coming out from it companies and i think by doing this we're getting the practice so that when we start creating or i guess when we start creating content that revolves around IT will 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 have will well I mean we'll always be getting better but we'll be good enough to start ranking more quickly mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't know if you've had the chance to talk with uh, Natalie Murphy yet not much but she she has hired so we had this idea of a content author uh, someone who's going to come in who's going to write for us and like create sequences or if like emails things uh, like templates and yeah stuff. I- any yeah it's stuff like that okay. turns out natalie's got a pretty deep understanding of of marketing as a whole mm-hmm. so we're really diving in or we're going to start diving in deep on seo and video audio infographics blogs all of that is going to be associated with it so like i said this is we're winging it we're practicing so that when it comes game time we'll be pretty much ready to go yeah. and then we're going to continue to get better it's kind of like when, um, when you're like in the garage playing with your friends and then when you get older you can actually like go play on a stage like playing guitar playing in a little rock band i can imagine that uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh you guys never did that come on <laughs> <laughs> No, that's um, fine. Yeah, I guess everybody's everybody's different. Um, I, I I had two grand or essentially grandparents. One was a great aunt who was like my third grandma, mm-hmm. but they both lived in Mississippi, and they really wanted to teach me to play the piano, and I didn't take the opportunity to do it when I had two great teachers, and they man they could play anything, mm-hmm. uh, and they were so much fun to listen to, and uh, if I'd have as a kid you know as a kid you're able to learn things a lot quicker if i'd have just spent that time to learn from them and then to, to practice with them i'd have a skill that other people could really enjoy too and i, I practiced for about six months it was before ella was born and then probably three months after that but i would practice in the morning after I, I, so i'd work out at like 5 30 then i practiced from like six 6.30 to 8 mm. or something like that or or, or a 6.45 to 8 yeah 
over a six month period and I was learning and I was getting better uh, at the piano and I could feel like my brain changing and thinking in different ways. And I, I, I even bought a, a keyboard from a pawn shop so I got to practice mm. at work. Yeah. But I, uh, it ended up not working out at work because I was always so fucking busy. And I just, I was hoping that I'd take like five minutes at a time, practice a little bit. And I started, but then things like, it was just someone's always in the office, always talking to me. Yeah. So I ended up, and it was taking up a good amount of space. It's like, all right. And I ended up, so I think I bought it for 50 bucks, and then I sold it for 75 bucks. So I made 25 bucks. Nice. Mm. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so music, when when you're in it, it does kind of change your brain mm. a little bit. It's just, it's a really good, I mean, I know when you're learning, you're like, you're learning. You don't, mm. You're not being like super um, creative, but also being creative is like one of the ways you learn. But um, mm-hmm. it's such a great creative outlet, I think. Oh, yeah, um, I agree. Obviously, like, music is, like, its own industry for a reason, and mm-hmm. um, people need it. They need music. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Hey, I forgot to bring my watch, so whenever the time – okay, great. Um, but you were talking about mental health, and, and I guess I could think physical exercise is a great way to improve mental health seems like riding a motorcycle mm. is another way to do it but creativity to me and making things mm-hmm. is another way to to really release yeah. a lot of that uh, travis has been at video editing um and creating like digital artwork things like that he just started that back up and he's got his own gopro 11 mm. at home so he Actually, uh, where do you put it at when, when you record? Is it like on your it head or on your it chest? It depends. Like when we go out and do our hikes and stuff, I've got a chest mount that I wear it there. Uh, when I do like the the time lapses at night and stuff, mm-hmm. it's on a mount that I'll either just put in the middle of the yard or I'll mount it to our actual patio cover mounted up there depending on what I'm videoing or shooting do you do like a time lapse of like the sky or i anything? do the skies uh there's one where it's like the star trail so they make a trail and like it's pretty it cool yeah, really yeah. Cool. It's, it's pretty Whoa. pretty cool I've, I've I've not, we yeah. really enjoy it i had no idea that sounds amazing. i'll show you some after this okay. yeah <laughs> it's, it's pretty good yeah and even like a, the normal like time lapse of the stars right. moving across is is really cool too uh, and you live out more in the country, right? Uh, I live in Marion. It's. Uh, you, it I just mean, seems it, like there's a lot of stars. Like when I look well at my yeah, backyard. Yeah, it's not. So we're not. Yeah. So we're in a little town. But mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's pretty dark at night. You have less light pollution. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we I live, live in Austin. We have a lot. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. That's gotta be. Yeah. That's way worse than even San Marcos. Like, yeah. I see like ten stars. Y'all look up and it's just black. My like, oh, star. It's, yeah. it's a log. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. I grew up in the country, so I was used to almost seeing the Milky Way. So I could see like the it was cloudy mm. uh, in the like towards the center. I guess depending on the time of year, and you could see just stars upon stars. Uh, and that's one thing that I really miss going out to visit the Grand Canyon the first time. That was the first time I got to see the the uh, night sky in like full glory. Yeah, because uh, we I we ended up staying off 
of the not reservation off of the park at a hotel but there were too many lights even there to to uh, really see the night sky and it, we, we left at three o'clock in the morning to go back to vegas to fly out and i realized like it was super clear night got out there was no moon got out and man it was you can't explain it there's just so many different colors and the yeah the, like it was the actual milky way and not just a bunch of stars that's so cool i really wanted to do it again so we went to the grand canyon again and i woke up at like 3 30 in the morning again to go look and each night it was the 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 uh, sahara desert sand had blown in and it just made everything uh, it was it was like looking up at the night sky in San Marcos. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I was not upset. I was I would very be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, like, oh, I came here like because yeah. I wanted that, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, w- I would highly recommend going to the Grand Canyon. I plan on it. One of the, definitely my bucket list. Yeah, um, fly to Vegas, rent a car, drive three or four hours out there. Yeah. And one hundred percent worth it because you get to have some fun at Vegas, eat food. I'm not a gambler, but eat food, drink for a night, and drive over to the Grand Canyon, go hike around for a while. Mm. Man, it's just, it's it's amazing. Or you just go camping out there. I don't know if you're a big camper or not, but. I I like camping. Okay, yeah. Much better than staying in a hotel. If I were to drive out there, which I might, but my, I have a Honda Pilot, and my Honda Pilot came with a camping tent that attaches to it. Yes. Really? And it sleeps six people damn yeah it is so tall i like could put a chandelier in there if i wanted to i mean it'd be too heavy but yeah 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 i could (laughs) it's so tall (laughs) okay so you're more of a camper as opposed to um i would say it just depends on how i'm feeling but i think that i would rather be in mother nature and like if it's a cool place that you're Mm -hmm. gonna be like out there like being able to wake up and then like see the sunrise on like those beautiful rocks i would mm-hmm. rather do that for sure well i mean you do that on the grand canyon when you stay in the park you stay in the lodge uh, it's just right on the are you not a camping person or what i used to be oh. when I, I was i am an eagle scout i did all the boy scout trips winter camp summer camp we'd stay out there a week or two weeks whatever it was and it was cool to be in nature uh, but my wife and i went to big bend 10 years ago something like that on spring break not what i expected oh. it was cold it was wet uh it was windy mm-hmm. and the tent at night was like slapping me <laughs> all night long and there were <laughs> i just had a visual <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and it was wet too so it's like you got terrible sleep oh. the, the first night I don't know. I think it was a coyote, but it must have been right outside of our tent, and it let out a bellow that woke me up. And it was so loud; it felt like the sound was ringing in between, like inside of my head, in between my ears. And somebody woke up. She's like, "What was that?" I was like, "Nothing. Go back to sleep." And she went. She was. She was out. Yeah. And I told her the next morning. She's like, "Why didn't you tell me?" Because she was. You didn't want to freak her out. Somewhat upset. Yeah. I was like, "I didn't want to freak you out." You you went right back to sleep. But uh, man, Big Ben is supposed to be one of the best places. Yeah, one of the darkest places in America. Um, to, for lights, mm-hmm. for um, stars and stuff, because there, it's that whole park is protected. It's yeah, protected. yeah. So what's yeah. crazy, Big Ben? You drive seven hours into the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. and then you drive another 
so you get to like this really small town that's got like a motel six and and a gas station is it sort of a t in my um i don't I I really Anyways, i'm not even close but yeah so you get there and then it's like 90 miles to the next gas station yeah and you just drive into yeah. the desert and just nothing pretty out cool out there i bet if you didn't go in the spring the next time you probably have a totally different experience yeah and i think that in august is when the or at least the summer is when the galaxy or or rather the earth is positioned so that you can look into the the, the uh, milky way galaxy yeah. or That'd the, the uh, cool. center of it rather um so i do want to take the kids out there yeah and we will probably stay at a hotel <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I've I've had my own like camping experiences that I just hated, but um, like my camping experience that I had that was awful um, wasn't just due to Mother Nature; it was also due to like other people. Mm. <laughs> um, I actually, when I was um, after I quit Starbucks, I had saved um, some money, and I actually was like, I'm gonna move somewhere else, and I was this I was trying to move to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, cause I was like, Austin eh. Grand Rapids. Yeah. I was wow. like, eh, why not? Um, and so, huh? It's cold. Oh, it was, it was cold. <laughs> my birthday is in April. It snowed on my, bir- my yeah. birthday. I was like, it's April. Why is it snowing? And they were like, oh, that's normal. And I'm like, you guys have two months of like regular, regular, uh, temperatures. And mm-hmm. then you have, yeah. And I'm like, nah, screw this. I'm not doing two this. Two minutes. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, um, I, when I decided to do that, I was like, okay, well, I know I want to go up there. Um, and I didn't have a job yet for like a few months. And so I decided to go backpack in Europe. Um, oh, okay. I was like, I had a decision to make and it was like, okay, either I'm going to buy a car or I'm going to go backpack in Europe. And so, um, when I kind of thought about it, I was like, you know, I may, may never have this opportunity again. Like what mm-hmm. if something happens? Like I could you know get into a wreck tomorrow you know um so i went backpacked in europe and whenever i uh backpacked i also um when you backpack you try and like stay at like hostels and like go to do things mm-hmm. that are cheaper and so one of the cheaper things um when i was in um italy was that you could uh camp and so i went camping in italy um not in rome um i'm blanking on the name it's like such a famous name it's on the water um, sicily huh? venice venice uh, oh okay yeah. yeah and so i went to venice and i uh camped for a whole week for like 50 euro it was like nothing for like a whole week and so um turns out that the whole camping ground um they had a stage that they set up and all these australians were in town for a holiday and they did like a whole rave uh, while I was trying to sleep, um, it rained and there was holes in the tent mm. and there was mosquitoes like coming in through the tent and like you were on the ground. And so like worst experience of my life, they had this little, you know, it was like a little camping set up. So there's mul- multiple tourists and people that could stay. They had this like little bar that you could go to and order food and stuff. Kind of like if you were to go to like a fair, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, doing that there, you know, all these Australian dudes are like, 
super hot and so like all the people that were waiting were all these younger ladies that were like oh yeah i'm gonna help you and like literally ignored me would ignore me every day that i was there yeah and Aussies I'm like, like just give me my food yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um because i was so over it um but that ruined my experience there didn't ruin my camping experience but like uh, it ruined my experience for that si- that city. I was like, I don't like this city. It's not at all like what I thought it would be like. And I think it's because of that camping experience. Specifically. I, yep, yep, I, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> Sleep is important. Getting getting to eat in a timely manner is also important. Yes, yeah. Uh, so there's a question I like to ask everybody. Okay. Uh, if you had the ability, the money, and the power to bring dinosaurs back, would you do it? In any capacity that you wanted to. Would there, like, if there, like, what would the reason be? Like, wh- I would have to think of, like, what the reason would be. Um, I mean, sure. That's scary, dude. I mean, I feel like that that is some hardcore predator stuff going on right there. I mean, you know. You, you get could squished. You, you, you <laughs> could definitely get squished. You could get eaten. I guess, like, people could, li- you could, like, live, like, if. You know, the land keeps going the trash like it is now. I guess you could live on top of a dinosaur if you <laughs> want to. <laughs> That's a new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah like one yeah. of the ones that eat plants, definitely. Not yeah. one of the ones that eat meat. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Bring uh, back so a yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. That's a win. Why not? All right, well, thank you. You did uh, You did awesome. That was fun. Cool. Uh, uh, and thank you, everybody. Country Tech Guys offer best-in-class support and aim to provide a world-class customer experience for each and every one of our clients. We offer managed IT support, cybersecurity tools and consultation, along with the ability to handle all of your project or infrastructure needs. If you are interested in learning more, please visit our website, YouTube, or social media pages.